0: Time for From the Bench with Ditch, Special Edition Bulldog Valley. A recap of last week's Highland game, Valley Conference recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's games. In 3, 2, 1. Welcome to another week of Highland Valley, our recap of uh, the previous week's prep games and the upcoming. Uh, Weekend ahead, uh, a brief look at, at those matchups, uh, not only with Highland, but the rest of Valley Conference and uh, anything else that piques our interest on the schedule. So with me, as always, Rodney Knaxtet, our broadcast uh, partner on Bulldog football. And uh, week two wasn't so kind to us, um, Rodney. As uh, as dominating as Highland was in week one, they were dominated in in very similar fashion in week two. Uh, yes, they were, and... Uh... A lot of that, uh,
1: as far as uh, I've had people ask me, well, did Highland play that bad? Uh, Was the other team that good? And I said, yes, the other team, you know, Muhammad was very good. But I said, Highland didn't play their best. But some of the reason they didn't play their best was how aggressive and uh, well Muhammad Controlled the line of scrimmage
0: on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they really did, especially when Highland had the ball. And uh, um, the coaches on on Highland were a little concerned with the quickness. They knew um, uh, there wasn't great size on, on Muhammad, and, and there there certainly wasn't. Um, I don't recall one individual standing out as whoa, uh, what a beastly football body, if right. you will. They they were they weren't the biggest, but they were quick. And um, they disrupted that Highland run game. They didn't have a chance to do all the, the faking that um, um, they need to be able to execute in order to, to have a, a, a successful run game. in Mahana was in the backfield like that. Yeah, we saw that early on in the game.
1: Uh, Blake uh, was going to run left and was caught from behind. And you just don't see that, uh, especially not caught from behind in the backfield. Um Yes, they were very quick, and uh, a couple times uh, it almost looked like we were going to hand the ball off to the defender, the lineman coming through instead of our
0: back. They Um, they played almost like a a 3-3, bunching in the middle with three down linemen and and three linebackers, and more times than not, they brought them all, And um, they're shooting gaps that Highland wasn't able to. To sometimes not getting one hand on on a, a person, and so so some confusion reigned, and uh, Muhammad expo, expo, exploited that, and uh, just totally disrupted the ground game. Highland in total, uh, I think it was 19 carries for 31 yards. Yeah, and and that's so,
1: uh, in not that's so not Highland uh, because of uh, the way they do run the ball. It's not just a straight up the middle. Uh, not that they don't, but they like you said, they do the razzle-dazzles. They do reverses. Uh, no time to do all that and to get outside. And if they did get outside on a run, uh, they were there on defense. Yeah, they were that quick. Out.
0: It was strung out nicely. Um, the game is a funny game. I mean, it, it, initially, Highland starts off with a bang. Uh, they get the interception on the second play of the game from Render. Um, who White Render, who had a, an excellent uh, game. And, Defensively, uh, he was outstanding. He was. And in second play, they get the turnover, get the ball at midfield, drive inside the 10, maybe even the 5 yard line. I think they got all the way down to the 2,
1: yeah. and I don't remember if it was a penalty now. I, I don't write down when we. Yeah. It couldn't have been a penalty because we had no penalties in the first period. So I'm not sure what happened, yeah. uh, but we
0: got moved back. And, and it was a momentum changer, but if you. Initially we're looking at that like, man, if Highland could have got that and we got control of this game, in the end, I'm not sure that would have made a difference um with the way Mohammed played the rest of the evening, but but it, it would would have been a a at least in fun to watch. <laughs> it, it, it would have been they a lot busted in right then. I think you're you're partway correct though. I
1: think that at least Highland now has confidence they can put the ball in the end zone early in the game and not quite as much momentum for Muhammad. But after uh, they shut us down there, uh,
0: literally, they dominated after that. Yeah, they really did, and took Highland out of their, their run game, which which uh, I guess was the biggest surprise of the evening when you think about Morton the week before, rushes at will against Muhammad, and Highland kind of the same thing against Central. And, um, uh, and you think, well, A and B, and this is going to add up to a great C. But uh, Muhammad did something last week in practice to uh, tighten up their run defense because it, it looked spectacular Friday night. It, it definitely did, and, and I know. T- uh,
1: in, in hindsight, you know, in hindsight is always twenty twenty, but uh, probably the best thing Highland could have done when they was when they were going to go to passing would have been to have kept a couple guys in the backfield strictly for blocking to pick up those blitzers and uh but then again a couple times when he had time initially to throw we could see downfield their coverage was tremendous down there and he had nowhere to throw the ball either
0: yeah so it's kind of a you know what do you do? You know, the other challenge with that is Highland uses their running backs so much in the passing game. Correct. That, that when you hold them back, now you're going to have to wait longer for receivers to to get that extra step. And uh, so so they just totally uh, you know kudos to to uh, uh, the other Bulldogs. They they just had a, a, an excellent game plan and more importantly executed that game plan. And, and uh, Highland simply didn't have an answer. Uh, I'm sure adjustments will be made. Uh, a couple other positives from the game when you look at the, the, the defense. Uh, Rinder certainly had some dominating plays in the in the first half. I thought McCartney Crow had an outstanding game. He was uh, in the backfield here and there, um, had a couple sacks in the game, um, and uh, we called his number a lot. We did, and a couple of the sacks looked like they were going to be big, get the momentum
1: back Highlands way, get them the ball back, but they would, uh, Muhammad, would seem to come through on those third and long or fourth and long and get that doggone first down and uh, but but Crow did all he could to give us that
0: chance. Yeah, yeah, he certainly did. Um, so I thought those two stood out on on defense. I thought Dylan Beadle uh, worked his tail off all night, um, uh, trying the best of the run game. Uh, didn't have too much luck there. Uh, but passing, he called, hauled in eight receptions for 86 yards. So, so uh, in the end, Dylan uh, uh, tried to get Highland in it, but it, it was a little too much too late. Um, Ethan Greenwald got a little more involved in getting his hands on the ball. Um, but but um, really just nothing there offensively for Highland. Blake Jelly finishes 20 for 32 for 240 yards, um, but he did throw the two picks and and then no touchdowns, obviously, in a 28-nothing loss. But uh, maybe some good growing pains come out of this uh, for the young quarterback, the sophomore. Um, It it was a completely different look that he got from week one to week two. Uh, Yeah, week one, he had
1: plenty of time in the backfield, and and even uh, in week two. When he had the time, he was very accurate, um, and threw very well. The hardest thing for a young quarterback is learning to get that quick read. You know, to you got to pick up a read real quick. If the, if the first guy you look at is covered, you got to be moving swiftly, especially under the pass rush he was under. And you and I had talked even before we sat down today here now for this that. Uh, we're not even sure that a, a super quick read on some of the plays would have done him any good anyway. They were back to just that fast. Yeah, yeah. It was,
0: it was, a, it was a, a growing pain experience for sure for, for both sides of the ball on Highland. And we'll see how they respond. Um, a couple other things on the game. Uh, he did mix it up receiver wise. Had, he had six different people catch up, which was a little bit different than last week. He only had the three. Uh, Beetle, Fry, and, and Judge, I think, had the catches last week. And uh, uh, those, two, those three again uh, each had at least three. Like we said, Beetle had eight. Uh, Nick Judge, three catches for 23 yards. He, he's been a, a man on the spot uh, from time that uh, Jelly can look to.
1: Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, he's coming from the tight end position and uh, he's got the size uh, and the height. It's perfect target and uh, they used him well in week one. And uh, again, I think a lot of that him not catching even more is he couldn't just block and release. He had to stay with his man or, or, you know, Jelly was in trouble. Uh, the
0: others getting uh, the ball and hands on the ball. Uh, Muni um, had a catch in uh, a rockers, uh, two catches for 47 yards. Uh, mixed it up in the backfield, trying to, to get some different guys involved in the run game to, just to see if he could could uh, see who might have had the, their number that night. But uh, uh, no no go on as far as the running game goes. Yeah, they shut us down
1: uh, totally and uh... – we even uh, we were going to do one screen pass that really sticks out in my mind where the guy would have been open, but the lineman released him just a just a fraction too early I know you got you don't block long because you know they've got to think it's a, a run, but uh, just a second longer and that would have been a big gain and who knows
0: yeah, it was a, a one touchdown game for. for um, most of the, well, all of the first half, 7 nothing at halftime. And then Highland gets the ball to start the second half and uh, get a chance to get some momentum and, and kind of maybe potentially turn around. But the opening kickoff saw us uh, slip at the three yard line, and uh, it was really a disaster after that for, for Highland. They couldn't recover. You're right. Uh, and that was the one where uh, Rager the ball didn't hop
1: as far as he thought it was going to and he went down to pick it up. As you said, his one foot slipped, a knee
0: hits and unfortunately yeah, just nice like college goal. you're down. Yeah, you can't you can't get back up and run and so so Mr. Momentum kept himself on the uh, uh home team sidelines and um that was it for for Highland really after that point. Uh the Muhammad scores on their opening possession from there and um uh, they never looked back but uh highland's defense i thought o- overall played pretty good uh, they gave up uh, a lot of run run yardage to johnson uh, but but um the game was kind of in control and uh, uh, when you have that two or three touchdown lead you kind of dictate what it is that you're going to do and, and highland uh, couldn't get the ball back and, and Tip of the hat, like we said, to Muhammad overall.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing I don't keep track of. uh, But uh, time of possession definitely had to be well in uh, Muhammad's favor. Uh, That run game, they'd just grind it out, and then they'd throw the pass in there. And they mixed it up really well. Both worked for them. After that first pick, uh, their quarterback was pretty much
0: dead on. Yeah, he he, he really – caught on fire really that in from about the second period on he dictated that game nicely for for the that bulldog offense and uh, um, he, he looked impressive uh, and I'll tell you what the the Apollo conference is looking impressive they kind of beat up on uh, the valley this weekend and, and we'll get into that a little bit here but but um, top to bottom then this conference is uh, uh, having a having it looks like a kind of year Highland uh, the valley in had a, a season ago, and, and you know, it, sometimes it goes that way. Uh, but we knew that was going to be a tough game going in. Uh, yeah, we we will stay in the Apollo Conference next week, Rodney, with the, the Mattoon Green Wave coming to town. Mattoon had uh, hard times last year, going one and eight, um, and then get thumped by a Triad pretty good in week one. But they come in one and one now with the victory under their. Uh, belt over the weekend over Richland County, and so the, perhaps they come in with a, a little, little, a little more mojo. Yeah, a little more <laughs> mojo than they otherwise might have, seeing Highland taking a loss to uh, Muhammad like that, and uh, they come off a, a win, and so so you can take nothing for granted, and, and it's not a, a stamped win for Highland by any stretch of the imagination. Uh,
1: totally agree. And uh, we discussed this during the game. Um, This season, we're probably going to see some ups and downs, see a couple steps forward and maybe a step back. And uh, a lot of young guys get to play. Only bodes well for the future. And
0: it's going to be fun to watch their development as this season progresses. And they've had some uh, interaction with Mattoon over the years, uh, primarily in the postseason. They, They have run into him a few times. And I think we mentioned on the air that uh, uh, Jake Odorizzi's last game, his senior season, was a one-point or two-point loss against uh, Mattoon over there at the the Green Waves home field in in, uh, in early or round one of the, the postseason. Uh, 2007, I guess it was, would have been Jake's senior football season. And uh, he was a decoy at that point. He hadn't been injured a couple weeks earlier against Moscuda and catching a game-winning touchdown as time expired. And so uh, um, he, he knew where he was headed baseball-wise, and, and Coach Rod Holt had to use him as a, a decoy. And he did so effectively, but uh, Highland came up short on a controversial two-point penalty. And they've met him a couple other times since in Rodney, in the postseason and uh, handled him um, with, with victories. And so we'll see what happens this week against the Mattoon Green Wave. Well, and just to go back to... One more, just a second, yeah. Highland did
1: improve uh, penalties. They had 13 for 96 yards the first game. They cut that down to six for 45 yards. Um, There was one personal foul, uh, and that was in the fourth quarter, and by then Highland was getting frustrated. And it was not a – it was more continued blocking after the whistle than it was actual throw somebody down or something like that um so Highland yeah, really I, improved there which was good to see we we thought they'd get rid of a lot of the illegal motion penalties and they did they only had th- uh four of those throughout the whole game and with all the movement they have you're going to get some of them anyway
0: yeah that's a good call uh, always look for the bright spots when you can and it's a tough one to find some from uh, and i'm sure uh, coach warneke um, uh, agrees uh, you do you do kind of look for those nuggets but you, you have to focus on what needs to be fixed and uh, uh, Highland certainly has uh their hands full uh, trying to address some issues from from this past week so it'll
1: be a busy week in the uh, film room
0: and on the field yeah yeah and, uh, i i don't think mattoon would, regardless with the one-on-one one record will have quite the the athleticism that that the uh, the uh, Muhammad showed here this past weekend. So it should be a fun one Friday night. Uh, they're going to honor the 2013 uh, Bulldog team, um, the Tanner Farmer team, as it's known. And they're 11-0 and March towards um, the state title and uh, ran into that buzzsaw known as Sacred Heart Griffith up there in Springfield. And um, uh, lost in, in week well, but a a great season nonetheless, and one of the better ones in Highland history. The rest of the Valley, um, last week, uh, if um, uh, you look at the standings from a year ago and flip them upside down, uh, that's kind of what you're looking (laughs) at right now, because uh, sitting atop all alone, the CM. Uh, Bethalto Eagles at two and zero, and and who would have thought that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, they they got that way with a forty to seven win over Wood River, and they'll take on the uh, other X Valley Conference team, Roxanna, this coming weekend. But see, at two and zero, they got to feel pretty good after the struggles they've been through the last couple seasons. I, I totally agree. Now, forty to seven win over Wood River. Um, their second win, they won over Alton Marquette, so we really couldn't tell what they had, and we still really can. Wood Rivers uh, looks to be on the, on the skids this season. That was their second blowout loss again, so we're really going to know right now because Roxanna has looked spectacular their first two weeks uh, coming in at 2-0 against the Eagles. Uh, so, so we'll see if CM's um, uh, for real or not uh, in week three. The Waterloo Bulldogs uh, got their first victory of the year with their rival Columbia Eagles. A 14-0 shutout they pitch over Columbia, Roddy.
1: And we know, well, I don't know what Columbia has this year, but I do remember when we went to Columbia uh,
0: in the playoffs, and uh, wow, they were tough that day. Yeah, and uh, uh, so so that's always a fun one, Waterloo and Columbia. Waterloo will cross the river, uh, take on St. Mary's, uh, who's 0-2, and, but their losses were to a couple big powers over uh, across the, the River Slough High and uh, uh, Hazelwood East. Uh, so, so I don't really know much about St. Mary's, but that's a couple good schools to be um, getting your feet wet against. So we'll see what Waterloo is. is um, they, they lost a shootout in week one to Mount Vernon and then come back and pitch a shutout. Uh, so they fixed some things defensively. <laughs> Perhaps it was all the, the skill levels between Columbia and Mount Vernon, but uh, Waterloo um, to St. Mary's uh, this weekend. Muscoot also um, will go across the river again for an opponent. Uh, they went over Riverview Gardens 29-6 to uh, get them to one one They lost to Belleville West in week one. Uh, so the Indians get their their first victory, and they'll um, play Saint Dominic's, who's two and zero with wins over Saint Charles and Priory. So uh, again, uh, you don't we don't follow and watch as much across the river. Correct. as Correct. But these are schools that you do see every weekend on the the Channel Five highlights and what have you are, are these schools, and so I I don't think the, either one of these Waterloo or or Muscoota, Uh, i think they're in for dog fights this this weekend triad uh, lost to another apollo team it was mount zion this time that uh, took care of triad 39 to 28. Um, a bit of a shootout and uh, and so the the knights fall to one and one and their offense seems to be there, um, and so so we'll see what what happens this week. Um, they take on the O and two Alton Redbirds, uh, Rodney. I don't know if you saw this mess going up uh, north in Alton. Uh, no, I did not. They have they, had some issues in the school um, last week before the game. It was uh, last Wednesday or so. There were some fights in uh, in the school, and it was so bad that they did not let the students attend a football game Friday night. It was a home game in Alton, and they forbade the students from coming to the game. They let the parents of the players in, and they let Quincy, their opponent for that, um, that their fans could, could come in as well. But they banned the students from coming in because of uh, uncertainty over the, the safety in the stands. And so I hate well, to say that. but
1: You do, but I think that that's a – shows wisdom on their part let things let the embers cool down before you bring them all back together again <laughs> yeah i i i
0: hadn't seen uh, something like that not the, the that's stories the first I, that i've heard yeah, of the ever stories i read implied race might have been an issue all in a, a pretty mixed school in 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 that sense and so so maybe it's um, assumptions you think, but they, it never did say that. So I'm not real sure what the nature of the uh, the brawls as they they said were, but but you hate to see that. But yeah, I think the administration probably did the right thing. Um, Alton falls to 0-2. They lose that game to Quincy, uh, and they they don't look. I think things are kind of a unwinding, unraveling uh, in a hurry at in, in, in Alton, um, and this season might be lost. Uh, we'll see, though, as uh, Triad will take them on this weekend. And uh, you know, I think Triad rebounds and, and uh, has their way with Alton. Um, is that it in the see. Yeah, I, you know, I Jerseyville. Jerseyville, yes. yes Jerseyville. We left out Jerseyville. Yeah. Um, they went. They get an, an impressive win over uh, Freeburg, 27-21 win. They go to 1-1, one one, as did Muscoota and Triad and Waterloo. All of them are 1-1. One one. Highland is 1-1. One one. Um, but Jerseyville, uh, with an impressive win over Freeburg, and they'll take on another Apollo school, Charleston, <laughs> next week. And Charleston has looked impressive in their first two weeks. Um, yeah, they are 2-0. And uh, Jerseyville will play them. Um, so I'm not real sure what they're expecting that one. You had two programs that have uh, been fighting it a little bit uh, the, the last uh, few seasons, uh, struggling to... And, and maybe finally got that turned around. Yeah, we'll see. That's, a, that's an interesting matchup for me. I, I'll keep my eye on that. This Apollo Conference has opened my eyes a little bit to how, how good they are when you think of Mount Zion. Uh, being Triad, Muhammad beating Highland, and now uh, Jersey going up to take on Charleston. Here we'll see what happens there. Uh, so, so uh, interesting, good little rivalry going between the two conferences. Um, I like how they're they're playing. It's kind of like the Big Ten, SEC, or you know, kind of <laughs> going at it at, at our mid mid conference level, uh, mid grade 5A. I think they're all pretty well 5A schools there, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so yes. Most of them. Most of them are. Maybe Charleston goes four A some years. I I don't remember exactly. Um, it was it was fun drive up to Muhammad Rodney. I thought the the atmosphere was spectacular up there. They had oh, the, the carnival was. going on. Yeah, it was.
1: Uh, I was shocked when I pulled up, and it's like oh, I'm an hour before, more than an hour before the game. Yeah, parking lots full, and I mentioned it. You know. There's cars parking everywhere where the no parking signs are. Yeah, but the car uh, is still there. After it, the, the car was it's still it's there. Uh, the Tesla in front of us was gone. But, uh, you know, I kind of like that. But I also, I know you mentioned that their coach doesn't so much like that because it detracts or is a, a, a di- di- distraction from the game for the players. But the fans
0: really, really love that. And... Uh, you couldn't ask. that place was packed, yeah, it was packed. And uh, um, one of the Mohammed uh, well, Seymour people up there in the booth told me they sold them over 3,000 tickets for admission into the game. And so, so yeah, that's a pretty hefty crowd. And, yes, it is. And that's all, just think about it, yeah. that's like a third of Highland all going to a Highland
1: yeah. football game. Yeah,
0: that's the same size town, so oh my, so, yeah, that's a it was an impressive impressive atmosphere and uh, kind of festive the weather was absolutely perfect uh, compared to uh, week one where uh, we pushed time back because of the heat but um, it felt comfortable out there weather Friday was night. good the field was in perfect condition didn't really come into play yeah uh, being
1: grass fielded you mentioned nobody was losing their traction it hadn't rained uh, the field felt like you were walk- walking on turf when you went down there. Yeah. It was that well-groomed.
0: Yeah, so, so all in all, uh, uh, not a bad experience other than the results of that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll see how they recover here in week two against Mattoon coming up. Um, a couple other notes. The, we drove right by uh, the Fighting Illini going up there and uh, – uh, the next night, Saturday night, they get a win on a, a last-second field goal against a very good Toledo program um, out of the MAC conference there in college, and, and the uh, one thing that jumped out at me watching that game was uh, they threw a stat up there that the schools in the NCAA with the longest streak of non-losing seasons included Alabama at one, Wisconsin at two, and Toledo at three, and so... Uh, well, wow, you wouldn't even think of that. Yeah, it's a, a, you almost look at the matchup on the schedule and look at it as a, a throwaway victory for the Illini. They just need to show up, but that wasn't the case Friday night. They were, or Saturday night, they were pushed to the max and uh, get the last-second field goal as time expired to to win that one, uh, home opener for Brett Lima and the, the Illini. And there were uh, several Highland
1: fans that I talked to uh, came up, and they were spending the night up there yeah. to go to yeah. the
0: Illini game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, the thought um, appealed to me. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, uh, yeah. So, so good for the Illini. I always fun to get off with the, a win. They got Kansas coming up um, this weekend. The uh, uh, other game I wanted to mention briefly, the Milk Bowl. Um, Central comes away with the victory. Also on a last-second field goal, a 37-yard field goal to win that game against modern day 17-14, over in, at Central last weekend. Uh, that's pretty good, a 37-yarder in uh, high school. In a pressure situation like yes. that. You know, yes. the, the biggest crowd they're going to play at, uh, in, in, at least until postseason. So so uh, very very impressive for Coach Short and the Cougars uh, coming off the loss against Highland last week to get that milk pole victory. And then, uh, of course, in this town is on pins and needles waiting for Thursday night to come, Rodney. And uh, how and yes, exciting are. to um, finally see a Highland uh, athlete, um, <laughs> alumni participate in the NFL. Uh, yes, uh, we've
1: had uh, several come very close. And, uh, I mean, I, I can go all the way back. Uh, to Dale DeBorge, who almost made it—you know, now, one of the last
0: ones cut. And... Now, I, I've got a great story on Dale. Okay, he, he's a year younger than me, right? And um, uh, but he went to the same grade school. and We were a heck of a pitcher-catcher combination for a few years. Well, i always be... he always played a, a, a grade up because he's—he was, uh, was that talented uh, all around as an athlete. And uh, I was his catcher for uh, two or three years, and. Uh, in grade school it was fun he could he could bring it and um, so it was fun i used to follow him when he he came up here to to play and then we went over to missouri to play college football at southeast or northeast missouri i forget which it was but uh yeah had a had a chance with the denver broncos correct and, and got cut on um, the I, I, final I, cut down i was uh, just gonna say he was one of the last ones and, to go yeah and so i uh, uh, broke my heart to see see that happen to him but uh, what a great kid and uh Uh, Still a great person, Uh, his wife. Yeah, uh, they're very nice people. Yeah, so so that's great. I'm glad you mentioned him. But, yeah, uh, there's been a few others, um, um, of course. You think of uh, Billy Greenwald, and Mm -hmm. um, he plays for four years at Northwestern, but they switch in his, uh, what was his sophomore year. They go to the spread offense and uh, kind of uh, forgot they had a fullback on the team, and so, so Billy never really got a serious look at the NFL. Um, he's doing all right for himself, though. He's uh, <laughs> working over. I think he's still at Stiefel Nicholas and uh, St. Louis, and uh, uh, great kid as well. He he did a year or two of uh, uh, one season of Highland football with me back right when he got done with okay with, with uh, Northwestern, and we had a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, Tanner Farmer, um, I'm still shocked he never got a look. Um, and and uh, it. In my mind, that happened because of all the coaching changes and the struggles that Nebraska had. But I thought Tanner played consistently well um, you know, every opportunity he had. And he started the last couple seasons up there. I, I was a little surprised he, he never, because there was still some banter of him getting projected to be drafted. Correct. Or at least get a, a um, invitation after that, a right? walk on try. Right.
1: Um, Yeah, now his goal, he's uh, pursuing uh, to make the Olympic uh,
0: wrestling team. Yeah. And that's what he is working towards right now. Yeah, we wish him the best of luck. And, uh, of course, he'll be honored this weekend and as part of that 2013 team. So, hope you all can get out and uh, support your Bulldogs. But if you can't, you can uh, catch Rodney and I on BulldogRadioHighland.com. You can also catch this series on all of our uh, streaming uh, services, Apple uh, Music, Apple. Spotify, Amazon music, tune in radio, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find from the bench with Dench and, uh, um, Dennis, uh, bulldog radio, highland.com. will also be playing this show Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 7 PM. So you can catch it there as well. Rodney, thanks again, as always. And, um, we'll, we'll do it again Friday night. I look forward to Friday night and, uh, Hopefully we have a different outcome. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll certainly you know, see to that. <laughs> I'm sure we will. And so thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. This has been From the Bench with Dench, Bulldog Valley. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune in each week and all season long.